All right. We're up and at it here. Uh, a new way to doing uh, this show as PZ's still on mute. PZ, you have to hit the mute button. Yeah, you got to unmute your button. <laughs> I was saying the show doesn't start without a countdown. Yeah, so, yeah, the countdown from chat. We just I know, but like, I didn't hear it. We literally yeah, but... just did this on the last show that we did, and now you did it again. It's not that complicated. But, it's, but we're live when you see yourself on the screen. But, I mean, look, I'm here. I'm just chilling in Delores Manor because we've been quarantined again. We're like, call, calling the quarantine. You know, it's already difficult. There's so much stress and pressure doing it this way. And all I'm asking for is a countdown. It's not complicated. Well, all, all right, I know live. is that there you go. You're happy. All I know is that no. when, once our imp just came up on the screen, we we're ready to go. So I was ready to go. All right. Okay. So call the audible with PZ and uh, Bocon. We are in our respective uh, castles, as opposed to the uh, normal shipping container that we're in in San Leonard. Eagle's in the container right now as we speak. So it's his nest for the night. Yes. I mean, it's always my nest for the night, but sure. No, you can you know do whatever you want. No one's there. You can watch uh, the NFL. Some MLB. Yeah, why would I watch MLB? I don't know. Maybe you want to watch some baseball, man. 24 hours. All right, anyway, enough of that. Uh, so, Pete and I, we're in our respective homes. We're going to do uh, a playoff preview. I'll go over a few things as we are, of course, in a unique situation given what's going on in the world uh, with COVID-19. And uh, first and foremost... Well, I just want to take a moment. Because oh, yes, please. Go ahead, Absolutely. Please. Because apparently it's not been clear... That every week I praise you for the amazing job that you've done at the field because uh, above all other things, you're doing a job that nobody else wants to do. Um, you're dealing with our health and safety. It's very important. Um, you take care of us, my man. It's it's uh, an honor to have you there. Um, you're also very handsome uh, and lovely. Uh, but in all seriousness, like you're doing important work, uh, making sure that at the very least, uh, if people are exhibiting basic symptoms, uh, you know, we, we're asking them to turn away. And, and we've had a very successful season, largely because of your involvement and uh, upkeeping our protocols. I'm hoping that after uh, eight weeks or so, nine weeks, Rob Campana has finally listened to his own product and uh, will give me a note that's more um, reflective of the show we actually put on. I don't. I don't think he knows that there's a show going on with you and I hosting the show. It's also possible. Also possible. He but probably thought like, if like, there is a show, make sure you congratulate Mo. He, he probably thought it was like Iggy Magnets and like Alexi Dubois, you know, the media guys. It should be know? probably. Like, actually, it'll be he better. Probably did. <laughs> so let, let's dive into it, guys. Uh, of course, the most important thing is is the protocol moving forward uh, for the remainder of the uh, Fall Cup season that we have left, which of course is next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And, of course, finals Tuesday in about uh, less than two weeks, just two weeks or so, give or take, whenever you watch this show. Uh, so, Eagle, let's go over it first. Um, what is the most important thing now for teams as they're gearing up for next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, if they're having players who might be on the fence about playing or opting out? Yeah, excellent question, Mo. So, I mean, like you said, we're still on. We're in red zone, though, so we got to keep that in mind. So uh, all the usual protocols are still in place. You know, sanitize your hand when you walk in, wear your mask, especially, you know, the gators we've given out. Try and use them on the field. Again, recommend recommended. You don't have to, but we'd like you to. Um, if you have players that are uncomfortable and don't want to play, we completely understand. 
Um, we're going to be expanding our injury reserve or our IR rules. Normally, this only applies for like season-ending injuries where you can replace someone. But because COVID and the whole red zone stuff, we understand that you know the risk is a little bit high for some people, so they may not want to come out anymore. And so uh, we're going to be allowing for captains to provide us a list of players that are opting out of the playoffs, essentially. And what you'll be able to do is transfer their games played to another player of similar uh, cap space hit that's going to be needed. Uh, so you'll be able to give us that list of players of who's sitting out and then who you're replacing them with over the next couple of days. So our timeline right now is you need to give us a uh, update by end of day tomorrow, more or less, in terms of which players are opting out. And then you'll have until probably Sunday end of day um, to actually tell us who the replacement player is and make sure it fits in your cap and all the other stuff. So that's our, our guidelines right now. We're going to have more information on that coming out tomorrow with um, a post on our page wall group website everywhere um, to kind of give more details of how it's all going to work. But that's the general gist. So you'll have the ability to opt out players from your roster if they don't want to play because of the COVID uh, pandemic uh, for playoffs and replace them with a uh, I guess, equivalent player. Right, I uh, so just want to take the opportunity to congratulate and applaud FPF <laughs> for being for providing maximum flexibility uh, to captains and to players. You know, just really important for us to recognize how uh, important a decision this was. Uh, so the gist of what uh, PZ is saying, he's going to – he prays at everyone Every all time. night long, including Kevin Kasai. Uh, yep. But the, the gist of what Eagle's saying is this. Friday, you must inform the league of the direction of what your roster would look like prelim-wise. By Sunday, it's finalized of who will be your roster moving forward towards the knockout round, pretty much. And another thing, Eagle, that we'll bring up quickly here, uh, since we're now no longer outdoors, thank God, we have now Laval and Brossard left on our schedule. Uh, there are no fans permitted for these two complexes until further notice. So essentially, there won't be any fans for the remainder of the games that we have left for the season. So for those who want to bring out their parents, uh, their boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, uh, that is a no-no. So it's only players that will be allowed onto the field uh, to play your game. And then once you're done, you leave and go home. Yeah. Anything else, Eagle? Uh, that's the main gist of it. Like I said, we'll have more information coming out uh, tomorrow uh, with all the details. Um, of course, everyone stay safe out there. You know, we, we actually, if you think about it, Mo, we had a lot of games played in a lot of facilities. And the fact that we had zero cases that we've had to deal with. Um, I, yeah, I definitely, I definitely want to applaud FPF on having a successful season <laughs> and having so many games uh, where uh, there weren't any uh, outbreaks and just well handled by FPF. Just, you know, pat on the back all around. <laughs> there, there were a couple incidents recently where a player on, uh, I think it was the Rainmakers, if I'm not mistaken, did uh, contract tested positive for COVID. So um, before the game is going to get played, every player is getting tested. I think we've got a bunch of results already. They're all negative. So it hasn't actually been contracted at FPF, which is great. It's happened elsewhere, and we're adjusting for it with our protocol. So it's working the way we expected it to. Um, just right near the end of the season when we were looking for the makeup games, it kind of impacted some of the schedules. So that's why you're going to see some weird results in this last makeup week, including some stuff in Tier 1 and uh, Tier 3. Any, anyone else want to keep praise on, uh, Peace, before we move forward? Just more the decorations in your house are just wonderful. Oh, MamaCon with just absolute fine taste. She's just an incredible woman and continues to show oh, it on a daily basis. A little, uh, there you go. 
So yeah, so the lamp in your back. Uh, our, yeah, you sure it's your not back covered? Right shoulder. It's covered in plastic. I'm sure. That, yeah, that one all the way in the back for sure. Uh, you guys have to see for yourself when you come over to the house. Post COVID. Right. Twenty eight so days from now. After, in twenty eight days, perhaps. Twenty nine days from now, you guys be back. Twenty eight days know. later, we get to see the plastic on Mo's lamp. <laughs> exactly. Oh God, exactly. Okay, let's dive into the, into what we what's the most important thing is the remaining teams left in terms of the uh, knockout games, the money bowl, the uh, non money bowl games that we have. Uh, so let's go into tier one, Peasler, and let's dive into what we have, which of course is Bravnar, Terra Squad, BYOB, Sweat and Beers. Um, not much to play for, Peace. Uh, this is a constellation. You win yourself this a bowl game. Graphic geeks. Oh, yes, yeah, you There you go. Thank you very much. Uh, there we go. Perfect. I, I feel like this graphic here looks like it's two teams versus two teams, you know? Like BYOB, Sweat and Beers are one team against uh, Bravnar against Terra Squad. I like it. 12 on 12. Yeah, exactly. We'll have that. Anyway, so let's dive into the first game here. Bravnor against Terra Squad. Uh, Pease, your thoughts on this here? Um, look, these two teams, uh, Bravnor, we thought we would be in the final four of the money bowl game. That's not the case to be. But how do you see this game playing out in terms of the two teams going at it next week? Um, so Bravnor, like, um, if, they w- if they are successful here, and I think – even if they're not, do they want to rejoin their Braves compatriots uh, for next season, or they, or they branch off on their own and just become like the bravers, the most brave, the the braveliest, or like, like NWO? Do they, become, <laughs> do they just become like their own team right? And now that they've seen some success on their own, uh, and say like, yeah, we're the we're the Braves no one wanted, but tell you what, uh, we're we're our own team now, you know, like that's. That's the thing here because I think they're going to win this game. I think that um, if I had to pick a favorite, I'd say they're going to be the favorite over Terror Squad. I, Terror Squad, we keep saying, or I keep saying, and you keep disagreeing and being wrong, that Terror Squad. I didn't say anything about Terror Squad. You've been saying all season, oh, well, they're good. They're good. Like the, the, the individual pieces are absolutely there, but there just isn't, there's nothing to tie it all together. It just isn't working and hasn't been that way for a while. And uh, Brasnoir is the opposite. That they they on paper don't even seem to be necessarily as strong as Terror Squad. They don't have the all of the stalwart names that Terror Squad has, but it just works. It's it, it's a it's a team that it all just falls together. Yeah, I think I think the likelihood piece is that Terror Squad is the is the one group out of these two teams that would probably stick together moving towards uh, what we will pray and hope to have a a, a nice smooth twenty one season. I think Brad Noir, of course, given the context of what we had this uh, Fall Cup, it's more or less for these guys to test themselves away from the Joe Mayer roster, right, and see how they are. And they're good, but, look, if they're going to go as their own crew, they're going to have to add some more pieces to that core because they can't go into, say, a Div 2 or Div whatever they might end up in Winter 21 um, with that current context. And they have to get themselves more loaded with some more horsepower to work with. Well, maybe they, maybe they poach Terror Squad. Maybe they get, you know, Pachinar, Tamvilla Death, get Terror Brave. Terror yeah, Braves. Exactly. Uh, BYOB, Sweat and Beers. So it's the beer versus the beer or Sweat and Beers. Um, look, Sweat and Beers had a tough go, a few games where they lost by a single score. Uh, BYOB was competitive, uh, but the same thing goes Terror Squad, right? They just couldn't really close out games when it mattered most. Uh, what do you take away from this matchup going towards next week? So if there's like a team that you're looking for uh, to have to want to have the best momentum moving forward, I would say it's 
on this side of the bracket, right? As th- these are teams that absolutely are going to return with their cores. Uh, BYOB improved as the season went on. And Sweat and Beers, to me, is the team that's most improved since their inception. I remember when they first started, um, they were relegated to Tier 2 back when we did a promotion relegation. And they, they, weren't, they weren't a team that was considered to be particularly strong. But every time uh, they've taken the field, every season they've taken the field, they've gotten better and better and better. And um, I'm happy to see it because they're, they're a great group of guys and um, great... Uh, talented football players on that team, so I'm I'm happy to see that level of improvement. This is to me the more the more interesting game. I think this one's actually gonna be a really close one, and it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch if we were uh, out to watch it. But no offense yeah, for that, which we're not. Uh, all right, on to the uh, money ball games that we have lined up for uh, next week, and this is where the money will be won. How much money will be won, Eagle, from these four teams? Whoever crowns. Uh, let me look it up. I don't know the number off the top of my head. It's a decent amount to be honest. I think it's seven hundred bucks. No, I was gonna say I think it's like seven hundred bucks. Yeah. Okay, so Brad Bell against Urgence Medic. That's a lot of chicken wings. Uh, that is a lot of chicken wings for sure. So Brad Bell has had a strong season. Uh, Joe Mayo showing why he is the regal. for the winner, 500 for the runner-up. That's not too bad. That's pretty good for the runner-up, five bills. Um, so anyway, so Joe Mayo has shown that he is probably now <sighs> probably the best quarterback right now uh, in the league in yeah. all of FPF. Would you agree, PZ? I would agree. And I would say that if you remove the one big name that's missing this tournament, Joe Mayo is still the best quarterback in FPF right now. Yeah, so, I, I think. How about uh, that? Yeah, I think we look at what Joe has done the last couple of years. I mean, he is big game Joe. Uh, well, that's not a good nickname, but he's big game, no problem, right? And in this case, against Urgence Medic, where they they had a trouble. Big Johnson game Joe. You have you have uh, Nick Foles' nickname. So similarly, you have Big Johnson Joe. Yeah, and look, they they had a tough they had a tough game against Arizona Medic because Arizona Medic won the first game against them uh, yeah. way back in August. I think it was week two, week three of the first round of the FPF Cup. Uh, if Arizona Medic is going to pull off the upset here, Pease against Brad Val, what is the key for them to get that W to go on to the finals in ten days? So Arizona Medic is a weird team, right? Like they don't. They don't really do a lot of the stuff that a lot of teams in the, the, the highest divisions do. Um, they're not even a team we even expected to be here so quickly. But here they are. They're in the cash bracket. They were one of the ones who got sort of, quote-unquote, screwed over when we had the promotion relegation, where they did they exceeded expectations and made it to the higher-end bowl. And uh, as we expected, the second round of the, of the, of the tournament – they just, they just, you know, didn't do well, and then they got to a bowl game where they they got eliminated. But this time around, they actually are here to play, and they're actually here in the same caliber uh, as Braver. And, and to your point, Mo, they beat Braver before, and I think from an athleticism standpoint, Erzos Medzik is the team that matches up best against Brav. Would you I, agree I, or disagree? I agree, but I, I worry for Braver from this perspective. The size of Erzos Medzik is they're big. They're wide, right? They, they have size, whereas Bradford have the speed, right, with the Pilon brothers um, and what they do with that core. But I just wonder if if the size will be the difference maker for or just Medic to win this football game because they can throw a 50-50 ball up in the air and they might have a Matthew Uhl or Joel Uhl or whoever's catching the football at that moment that can make a big difference on that 50-50 end zone ball. 
Yeah, so that's that's the thing. They like to attack, you know, at the back of the end zone with their big bodies and and um, you know, that's that's their advantage. Their advantage is their size and athleticism. Uh Brav are athletic, but to your point, uh this version of the team is missing some of the size that they've had in, in previous seasons. Um not to call the pilon short, but that's what we're doing. Um shorts. <laughs> which is by comparison, right? Like cuz like there's not specific. They're a tall team, and and, and the Pilons, uh, like if they were six foot five, life just wouldn't be fair, right? Like you can't be right, that fast and be that tall, you know. So at that point, unless you're DK Metcalf. But yes, unless you're DK Metcalf. Um, honestly, like, I, look, I, I, we're not doing picks just yet. I think we're both going to lean Braves direction, but I'm not even fully decided on my pick yet because I actually think this is the worst matchup, uh, for Braver, uh, of the four teams. All right. KGP consequence. We'll have to take a break because I have to go to the washroom. Actually, please go figure. I'm at home. I have to go to the washroom. Okay, so anyway, you've never had to do this in studio, by the way. Never, but now I have to go to the washroom, right? Go figure. I guess I'm, I'm all screwed so up. Do, here. do Eagle Eye break it down in your absence? Yes, yeah, so you break it down right now. I'm back in two minutes, boys. Okay, Eagle, <laughs> let me think about this matchup. Uh, That's not weird at all, by the way. No, not, not at all. I mean, admittedly, it is kind of fun that we get to do this because now we can just make fun of the fact that there's an empty chair and <laughs> most supposed to be there. So wait, hold on. Let me see if I can make this a little bit more. Yeah, hold on. It's coming and there we there go. There it is. There we go. There he He's is. He's in a wrong spot. You got to put him in the seat. There we go. Uh, so Eagle, uh, as a spandex, as a spandex Mocon, what would you say about the KGP? Controversy uh, matchup. Consequence, you mean? Con- yeah, I don't know. Con something. Wrath of Con. So I'm. I I don't know what to think about this one because KGP was on such a roll going into the uh, qualification round, essentially, and then they kind of lost and, their. And, and con- and consequence was the opposite. They, yeah. A consequence was the opposite. So I just I don't really know how to look at these teams anymore and evaluate them. Um, we can use like their previous matchup as maybe a baseline, but I mean again that was in week three and KGP lit them up 52-27, and I believe that's the week that AJ Gomes wasn't available for consequence to throw to. Yeah, he wasn't there. They had his ALR filling in instead. So it's almost a brand new matchup as far as I'm concerned. Uh... <laughs> I, I don't know what to think. I feel that KGP is in for a battle on this one, but if it's a high-scoring game, that may actually be what you want, right? Because I can see Dan Lazara making a critical mistake at one point and uh, Phil Cutler getting away with one or not making one at all. The, the, look, you know, I'm not... First of all, I, I, I think sports fans overuse the concept of choking. I don't think you I don't think it's possible to choke in a team game because there's too many things that are involved. I think you can choke on a short putt. I think you can choke at the at the free throw line, but um I don't think it's possible in in a team game. So Dan Lazara has been labeled uh by you mainly Eagle, but but by by some in the FF community as a choker. And I don't think that's entirely fair. I, I will say that there are times where he puts too much on his shoulders and makes a mistake. And if the game is fast-paced, that's when he tends to make the mistake. Dan Lazara is just phenomenal at, uh, when he's playing calm, composed, and just, you know, manipulating all the elements on the field, it, he's a, it, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's like, a, it's like a composer. Like, that's what you want. Uh, but then when he has to go toe-to-toe, he goes into to hero, hero tacos, super tacos. And, um, as as impressive as that image is, it's 
not one that I think is the path to success for him. I, I just don't think that the team is built for that, and I don't think it's him at his best. Would you agree or disagree? I, I would say yeah, and I mean I'm kind of looking at again his list of receivers here. So you're gonna have you're gonna have AJ Gomes, you're gonna have Paula Pierre is kind of the big guys on this team. You have Alessandro Barzone as as well. I mean, looking at the KGP roster, you're gonna have Julie Paymont getting a lot of speed potentially as uh, a rusher against him, right? So that's not gonna allow him to have those deep plays that he usually likes to have. He's gonna have to drive the field, maybe like the quick outs or the slants that he does like. But you're gonna have people jamming them down in that short space. So I really don't know if he's gonna be able to even run his standard system with the the rush speed that Julie is gonna give him. Yeah. Um... That definitely is going to make it uh, difficult for them. Um, and I think we've exhausted all the topics we can discuss about this game, but Mo is still not returned. Um, I think I think it's gone from uh, a pee break to a deuce. I think he oh, might be dropping that's, a deuce. Uh, that's a lovely one. Yeah, so it's unfortunate uh, because, I mean, I care about my friend's bowels. Um, so it's frustrating that he couldn't hold it for 45 minutes because I worry about his health. Uh, but also... Um, do we just go on to the next game at that I point? I mean, I guess so. I mean, at this point over here. <laughs> uh, so the next one we're going to talk about, you want to start the cast bowl or you want to start with the constellations for tier two? Um, we started with constellation. Let's go. That. Let's do that again. All right. So let's do uh, constellation B bracket, which is going to be the Theo Ojea bowl. Um, where we're going to have Warriors against the Bruins as the ninth and 12th seed. And on the other side of the bracket, we have Tough Lungs versus Pardon My Swag. Um, okay. Answer the question here. Sorry? I said insert a question here. Okay, well, uh, my question first is from Ocon. Was that an incredibly long urination? Oh, wait, I'll wait for Mo's headset on. Right, Mo, was, that incredibly... on. was that an incredibly long urination, or uh, were you actually dropping a deuce? A uh, combination of A and B. Oh, there we go. Twofer. That's the best kind. That's exactly. the best kind. That's maximum relief. It is. What I missed. Uh, we're on to the constellation bracket in <laughs> tier two. All right, so, the entire game, basically. <laughs> okay, so what game have you covered? You cover Warriors and Bruins here, or are we on no, to tough lungs? No, let's start, let's start with the Warriors and Bruins. Okay, so Warriors and Bruins. Um, Pete, look at these two teams, differing styles. One's very zen-like, one's very emotional-like, if you want to use that terms. Uh, but Bruins, a team that I think underachieved this year. Nope. Whereas the Warriors exactly over what I said they were gonna do. It's, it's, it's the thing is, the the top end talent on Bruins is excellent, but again, if the, the the tier two, the quarterback play across the division was strong enough that if you gave away your defense, obviously, then quarterbacks are just gonna pick on the weaknesses, and that's yeah. what it was. And um, look, the key for for Warriors because I have. No doubt, Mike Solomon is going to shred that defense because he's he's more talented than I am, and uh, he's going to see the same things I saw for sure. It's not even a question to me. Um, Eagle, while we're talking about this, let me know uh, actually what their their past history was. I'm curious. Um, but Warriors, the key is they need to not beat themselves, and I understand they're a fiery group. And look, it's gotten out of hand. It's gotten to the point where again, it's frustrating because. Look, we want everyone to go out there and enjoy the game, but it's not enjoyable for anyone when the, when the game uh, turns out the way it has for the past couple of weeks for them. Right. But they're actually also worse. They play worse when they get that way, when they start getting on each other and start losing their temper. and so, like They just stop playing. In fact, I, I hate to say this as an FPF employee, but if I'm the Bruins, 
I'm going to try and piss them off in every little way. Every yeah, little but the Bruins have no do. trash talkers, though. Like, Gab Wiseman is probably yeah, the best trash talker, and that he's not even a trash talker. Zach's word. Yeah. Zach's word can talk. So there's no previous matchups in fall, at least for this season, and I'm trying to find the previous matchup at all, but I don't see one either. So I, I, I meant I meant think... in fall. It's okay. Yeah, there was none. So, so but okay. I was gonna say, but for the Bruins, uh, I just find that they're kind of like tough lungs a little bit, which we'll talk about very soon. Where they're sort of one-dimensional with their roster, that Zach Zwerin as their primary target, and then everyone else. If they get lucky, you'll get a couple of uh, targets here and there. I just hope for the Bruins' sake, they're able to kind of diversify the portfolio and get the ball out to the different pass catchers on the roster. Whereas for the Warriors, you're right, Pete. I agree with you that, hey, if they're focused and they just keep their mouth shut, they're they're a very effective team. They almost beat the Pepperoni Boys in the first encounter back in August, and they took out some teams like Easy W included because they were focused on the game itself. So if, they are, if they're quiet and they remain focused – Yes, they have a great chance to beat the Bruins on the weekend. I agree. That's that's going to be uh, that's going to be their their, their key. Uh, Mo, what do you think about tough lungs? Part of my swag. I, I switched things on you. You're the I host, know. right? I know. I know. I know. Now, now you got to analyze. Let's do it. I know. Uh, I should use the uh, generic like uh, backs against the wall, like Emmett Smith style analysis here. You know, uh, look, tough lungs. I saw them play on Tuesday in Brossard. Uh, they had their makeup games. Uh, that they did. They played Pepperoni Boys one game and played the Goldcock in, the, in another game. The reality is, and it's the same carbon copy script of theirs until they will load up on add more players that will be more dynamic. It's a one-man team. It's a one-man show on both sides of the football. They have players. They, they have good pass rushers. But when it comes to their offensive situational piece, uh, the woes are pretty evident for them. And they need to figure out how to get more uh, – players involved that will be the step-up guy as a number two or number three option so for the learner offense. In playoffs, in FPF, um, you need offensive production from your, your secondary receivers. And usually secondary receivers might be a snapper. It might be your third receiver. Uh, for tough lungs, it's going to be a number two guy, Olivier Delaris. Olivier is uh, just a physical presence. He's a very good athlete. He's the quietest guy in the field you've ever seen. Really nice dude. But I think he's got to be louder. I think he's got to call for the ball. I think he's got to make uh, Matt Lerner realize that he's there. Uh, because the one season that uh, Justin Lerner didn't play with Tough Lungs, we saw, uh, we saw him emerge as uh, true number one on the team. And he has that ability. It's just that the ball gets funneled into one direction and uh, we're going to, we're, we're hopefully uh, going to see that change at some point. And I think there's no, no better time to start than, than in this playoffs. I also think if I look at this game, this is the best matchup for part of my swag, tough lungs. You know, you got to look out for Olivia Dolores. You know, you got to look out for uh, Justin Lerner on defense, but uh, they're not a team that shoots gaps really well. And that's what you need to do to Brad Evans. That's the way to, uh, make him pay now you've seen them more this season mo than i have because again i can't be at the fields and you can so i want to know do you do you still see that from tough lungs defense or have they gotten more aggressive tough lungs defense is 
opportunistic. There was a play. <laughs> there was a play on um, Tuesday against Pepperoni Boys where literally one of their guys was in cement but had his ankles broken on the play and he fell to the mm-hmm. ground. Like it was like, oh my god, call the game now, please. But I think in regards to them going against part of my swag. Brad Evans, and this is a big game for Brad Evans because we we've hyped him up, we've hyped him up so many, so much, so much this year. Beg your pardon. And now it's a team that's loaded with talent that can be game breakers, and I think it's time for him to be the game breaker for this PMS roster, where they can say, "Hey, he threw for two bills and six touchdowns and put us into the uh, finals of the COJ Constellation bracket." But if he can't do it now with this roster, I'm not sure if Adams can do it with with, uh, with any roster because, with all due respect, he's this is probably his most talented roster of Uber athletes he's had in a long time. I agree, I agree. Um, so I'm going to tell a quick story before we move on to the next bracket. Moment. Oh, story time! Story time. I thought actually it's it's a follow up to story. Um, and let me explain to you because Mo, you're not married yet, right? And Eagle, you're not married yet. I'm the only married guy in the room. That's this is the only group of friends I have where I'm the only married guy. So um, I want to teach you guys a little something about marriage. I told a story last week about how I cut some sunflowers from my wife and <laughs> ended up with all this pollen <laughs> in my, my mask and suffered at the grocery store, right? Yes. I just want to show you what love is, right? Right here, right in front of me. Because I'm wiping my nose and couldn't figure out why. And this is why. Because I cut some more sunflowers for her this week. And I'm suffering because I'm doing the show now from the kitchen uh, from my island, uh, just a just a few, just a, not even a foot away from. I, I'm not even socially distant from these sunflowers, more. So that's love. That's love right there. That's the only way that to do it. Love. You got to put you got to put your your own allergies uh, uh, behind someone else's needs. Uh, all right, let's go on to the next games here for the tier two uh, brackets that we have lined up, uh, Eagle. And uh, next game up is Santargas Mangus. All right, so Pease, we look at these two teams. Uh, Santar, they they had a pretty good year. I, I thought they definitely exceeded expectations. I think that tie will hurt them as it did because they're not in the money ball game. Mad Goose, I thought underachieved. They always kind of do, right? Because like they're like just from a talent perspective, I don't know that anybody in this division has more raw athleticism than Mad Goose, right? So, um. I, I'm curious to see if they can sort of flip the switch at some point and if this is going to be the game. Centaurs have one key issue that prevents them from being a stronger team, and it's something I've talked to with uh, Jordan Rossi, right? Am I getting it right? Yes, yes right? Yes. yes. Sorry. Um, I'm momentarily confused with Rossi's. Jordan, my bad. Uh, Jordan Rossi knows that the team right now is struggling in the red zone. Red zone scoring is something that they've had to improve on. They have not yet. So they're going to need to have either long or um, long strikes for scores or or intermediate strikes for scores. Um, And I think that that's going to be their best chance of success. For Mangoose, one of the things we're going to see... I like the matchup between Nick Schaefer and rusher Denzel Eddie Lowe. Denzel Eddie Lowe is an elite rusher in this division. He's a he's just a freak athlete. And Eagle, you've you've played with him, right? Like you remember, uh, he's just oh, yeah. a wrecking ball on defense. Yeah, super fast. He we, he was on a terrible team with us, and he was by far the <laughs> only reason we ever got to stop. So he's 
he's not only fast, but he's he's just really good at changing direction. And uh, Nick Schaefer is a guy who throws in the pocket, but he also has some design rollouts, and he also will buy time now and again. Um, and he will not be able to do that against Denzel Adido. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll have the time, Schaefer, but he's got it. He's probably a more refined quarterback than uh, Rossi is. I don't think Rossi has a deep ball that can match Schaefer's deep ball if they went, you know, 40 bomb, 40 bomb type of thing. But the Santars do have athletes that can match up with the Mangoose receivers. And that is where I'm quite fascinated to see how that will unfold for them uh, next week in this matchup here. And look, this is a big building block for Santar because I think for Rossi now, just like what we talked about the other quarterbacks looking to take that next step, like Brad Adams included, this is a big step for him that if he does well, if he ends up winning this side of the bracket pool, uh, it's going to probably up his confidence going towards the uh, restart, if not for the winter 21 season. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm inclined to agree. All right, uh, Shorthorns, a team you played yesterday or on Wednesday at yeah. CND against the Grillcock. Yesterday right, it was so, Wednesday. Yes, it was. But for those who do watch, it might be, oh, Saturday. Oh, that's, that's, that's a good no. point. That's it. That's, that's what we do over here, right? So Shorthorns, uh, Pease, they um, they have some good players, as you saw firsthand yeah. against the Grillcock. I'm quite fascinated by the quarterback battle with these two teams here. Uh, the cannon arm of Sakara against the improv of Dom Lafort. Who's got the edge? Um, so I don't know, if, um, I, I'm sorry. I just, it's not a team I'm as familiar with as others. So I don't know the rusher on Texas Shorthorns. Um, Eagle, if you can, uh, look that up for me, uh, who's been the rusher all season. Um, but I think he's, he's not going to be able to contain Dom Lafar and that's the key to stopping Lego Cook. But the, the reason why this isn't an easy win for LGC is the Texas? By the way, I love that this is Texas against Lego Cook. Just yeah, love the naming in this symmetry. Game. Um, symmetry as finest. Absolutely, absolutely. It was divine from the gods. Um, ta- the thing is, is that uh, they have enough offensive firepower that it doesn't ultimately matter that uh, they won't be able to stop them because it right. takes it takes one stop. And you saw it against us, Mo. We were winning in the first half, and they just. The, you know, we got one stop, but then they kept scoring and kept scoring, and it put so much pressure on our offense that it just became difficult to to, to uh, keep pace. Um, Texas Shorthorns play bizarre defense. They they admitted to me last night, and and I don't know if it was just their game plan last night, where they told me, oh, we just we just shot gaps in random directions. So it made it kind of impossible to read. It was kind of off putting for like a a drive or two, and then. Um, yeah, that's that's something that uh, Dom Lafon might struggle with, but because he's not a guy who relies on making quick reads, he's a guy who buys time. Um, it's going to be incumbent on the rusher uh, to to contain him. And Eagle, have you found his name? Uh, the website's taking a long time to load, and no one has any sacks in the preliminary round and in the qualification round. Who sacked me twice yesterday? Uh, Brian Foster, probably. Yeah, Brian Foster. Brian Foster. Yeah. So Brian right. Foster is going to have trouble containing Dom Lafon. It's funny because the 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 spinoff their name is off the Texas Longhorns, right? Which is kind of synonymous with the Longhorn defense, the real Longhorn defense in Texas, mm-hmm. where they give up points, they don't stop anyone in defense. But the thing is, what I find that they like, I think Shorthorns can do what works for them, right? Which is secure playing quarterback. When they get cute with John Buse as quarterback, that's why I think they lose a little bit of their 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 drive to be creative in terms of hey, they have lethal weapons as pass catchers, but. I think for the Grillcock, they've been very good this year. I know they've been through their uh, 
their trials and tribulations with COVID and whatever it was. But the Grocock, their defense, if they can force at least one turnover from the Shorthorns offense, I think that's a difference maker in why they could win next week. Yeah, I uh, can definitely see that happening. I also noticed that not only is it Texas and the Grocock, but it's also the Shorthorns and the Grocock. So symmetry, but also direct opposites. Exactly. On to the next game here, Eagle. And this is going to be the Tier 2 cash bracket, the Patrick Jerome Bowl. Half a stars, Outlaws, Pepperoni Boys, Easy W. The champion wins 400, and the runner-up wins 300. Okay, so not too bad of a, of a money uh, win over here for whoever does come through in the uh, Jerome Bowl. Half a stars, Outlaws. Half stars have been the immortals of this league. Uh, they did not play the game this past week, uh, given what was going on in the real world of, of life. Outlaws, I thought, EPs, they were going to be on the outs looking in with that tie that they suffered late in the season, but they get in as a four seed. Can they match the the half a star's offense and go touchdown for touchdown, or do, will they have to slow it down and make it a grind type of game here? So um, they will slow it down. Um, that that's I don't see uh, Stephen Harper side wanting to have to put up. 35 to 40 points to win the game. Um, but I think from a matchup perspective, this is actually kind of an even match for half a stars. Um, both teams kind of work the same way. They're, they're just methodical and smart uh, teams. And um, I, I actually really like this matchup. It's a shame I can't be there because um, it's it's one that's going to be fun to see. Hopefully, uh, maybe we can get Andrew Langbert to send us the footage so I can actually get to watch it. Uh, but I'm I'm excited by this this particular game. I think it's it's of the 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 three possible matchups for half a stars. This is the one that I think is most interesting, uh, but it's still going to be difficult. They're they're not they're basically undefeated, and that's not for no reason. Um, and outlaws as good as they are as they are are somewhat flawed, and that if this becomes a um, so Stephen Harper saw it. He's the guy at the poker table that you don't want to see with a tall stack. But he's also the guy where um, if he doesn't get after that start, you might see him uh, having to sell his body on the streets on on, on uh, uh, Frank Sinatra Boulevard. So right, right, but let's not forget half stars did have the forfeit. The rare forfeit win, forfeit loss on the same night for the grilled cock against uh, half stars and. Uh... And uh, I think it was Pepperoni Boys involved, or whoever they played that night. I forget the other team they played. So yeah, but it doesn't affect the standing. So I mean, no, it doesn't. But in terms of the undefeated season for half stars, right? But they I mean, it's, 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 it's essentially like we we know they weren't defeated, right? Like no, they weren't. Record reflects that or not. But the thing is, is that for for Stephen Harper to have uh, a win, he needs to get a score, and they need to get a stop. He needs to have a two score lead and manage the game and. If that's the game script, they're going to win. If it's anything else, half the stars are going to win the game. I still don't know if they have. I mean, like the, the Outlaws have size. I mean, with Steinberg um, being one of the better athletes in that defense, but I don't know who can match up with Kevin Smuda. Uh, you know, will they go bracket coverage? Will they go? Hey, we're going to have this guy locked up them, locked on them all night long. I'm not sure, but I think for the Outlaws. If there's one worse, one worry I have for them is that their defense would give up big chunks of yards, and that was pretty evident against the Grocock when they were trying to hold the lead 
or trying to hold on to a tie, and they just let them march down the football field. So they got to be smart in their assignments because if they're not peas, it could cost them a few more yards and maybe this football game. Yeah. Um, yes. All right. Pep boys. Perfect. Pep boys, easy W. Uh, this might be a, a one of those games, uh, P's, where it might be 40-bomb after 40-bomb after 40-bomb yeah. bomb a touchdown. Billion points. It was my favorite kind of game because defense is stupid. Okay, great. All right, on to the next game. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, so, so the thing is, is like EZW's defense, so we've kind of overstated uh, their defense because it has improved season over season. Um, it's still not amazing. It's still not elite, but it's good enough now that it can give Jeremy White a legitimate chance to win every game. And um, Joe Cano, um, the thing is, a lot of this all falls on him because there's times where he is, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in this tier. There's also times where you can't believe that that's the same person. Like, if I were to take someone who's never seen fly football and say, hey, this guy's great at this game you've never seen. Let me show you an example of how beautiful this game can look. And then I show up. And if that just happens to be a night that he just drops, just like you dropped a deuce earlier, if he drops a deuce in that yep. game, it's going to be inexplicable to me to explain to that alien how, why it is that we like FPF. So what's wrong with Joe Cano? Why has he started this year? I don't, I don't know. I don't know because it, the, the team is there and um, it's his own play. And, and it's, it's got to be just um, either not making adjustments when the defense does or him just not getting out of his own way. Uh, we've seen that. We've seen that in previous playoffs where he, I believe he lost a playoff game to takeover where he just inexplicably, for no reason, for no way that I can explain to that alien for, for some reason who I'm hanging out with and watching FPF games, I can't explain to that alien why it is that he looked that way that day. Uh, but if he does come out of the gates and play that way again, uh, we're going to see an EWN. And uh, otherwise, we're going to see a score-for-score score, uh, game, and whoever ends with the ball wins the game. I, I was thinking about it before... I still don't know who, what the answer is. Maybe you and Eagle might answer it now. Who's got the better athletes, though, Pep Boys or EZW? Um, I would say EZW, but I think Pep Boys have the better, I guess, system and adjustments that they can make, right? So if they see themselves getting beat in a certain way, or I can see Pep Boys going into the second half with a lead and never giving it up. Right. Peace. So you, you know, well, you like to make the 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 pro sports comparisons. I'm gonna do one for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna take take that throne from you right now. So um, you know when a team has top end talent, so you have you know one team you have for example AD and LeBron, right? Yeah. They are the be- they have the best two players on the court. I think Pepperoni Boys have that in Papich and Horner. EZW are the Miami Heat. They just have a lot of really fast, speedy guys who can get up and go get the ball, uh, who can make guys miss, and they're exciting for that reason. So um, that's the best comparison I can draw. If you want to know who has the most talent, sure, EZW. But does it matter because Pep Boys have the best talent? So essentially, you. White will go down the first quarter or first half, and then they're over for EZW. They're going to get hurt and not be able to play in the second half. I hope not. I never want to hope for all right, next games, Eagles. Uh, let's go Tier 3, Constellation tier three. B. Uh, we're going to do the Pat Chenard Bowl, Rainmakers versus Toon Squad, and Triple P versus LNJ. 
Okay, so let, let's just clarify one thing here for the Constellation B bracket. Uh, clarify to us, Eagle, winners will play each other for the for the B trophy. Is that what it is, more or less? Basically, yeah. Okay, very well then. So Rainmakers 2 squad, this was supposed to happen uh, for the last week of the regular season or the knockout or the uh, second round of the FPF Cup here. I think this is big piece for Derek Castner because it gives him more reps at quarterback and live action to get himself much more comfortable if he decides to pursue this avenue for the winter season next year. I just like this because you have sort of FPF royalty on one side with Rainmakers. They're literally a name that I've known as long as I've played in FPF, right? Like they're, they're a team I looked up to when I first started saying, yeah, those guys are fun to watch. I hope one day I can play on a team like that. And Toon Squad is the opposite. Toon Squad is a team who came up through FPF Junior. Rain, Rainmakers existed in a time where not only did uh, FPF Junior not exist, but FPF was two divisions, right? you know? Or were they were they the three-division era? Like, I don't remember, but they're, they're, um, they're, they've been around so long. Uh, I, I want to say uh, members of Toon Squad might have been in grade school or, or, or uh, yeah, probably grade school. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, it's interesting for that reason. Um, Toon Squad have the edge with you know youth and athleticism, but it's just going to be hard to compete with uh, the Kastner brains uh, on the field. Um, and and the thing is too, as as Kastner's improved as a passer, he's starting to use more and more of his weapons, and and that's been that's been fun to watch. So if he continues to spread the ball, that's going to be a tough matchup for. Uh, for Toon Squad. If he tries to force it in one direction, he's going to have trouble because, again, the athletic edge does go Toon Squad. Yeah, I, I, like, look, I think for Toon Squad, first and foremost, this is a huge success for them regardless of what happens now at this point of if they win a bowl game or not. But to get this far, I mean, many thought they probably wouldn't have won a game and they won three. They went three and one in the first round. Unfortunately, it didn't go well in the second round. But here they are in a potential situation where they can play for sure this game, maybe one more game left on their season. But this is a huge one for Toon Squad. I think they're still in the learning um, module right now of trying to adapt to adult football, bigger players, faster players, understanding concepts, route, um, route running. I think they can get better. And this, like with Derek Castro, just like with the Toon Squad here, this is important reps for them because if they continue on as this roster moving towards winter season peas, and if they do play whatever, 6 or 60, whatever they end up doing for the, for the winter 21 season, they can look back at this time and say, hey, look, this really helped us understand the FPF at the next level of football play. Absolutely. And, like, so where FPF is different from flag is FPF is absolutely a space game. And learning how to operate within those uh, perimeters makes it uh, difficult for players to adjust. But, again, what's helped Toon Squad is that they are um, – there are sort of bred through the FPF system, right? So now it's just a question of can they deal with former Division One players who know how to use physicality, know how to do it legally in a way to disrupt timing and disrupt uh, all sorts of things going on in the game. All right, Triple P, Le Um Triple P, rather disappointing the second half of their FPF Cup. Uh, we thought, Peace, I mean, after they lost to, uh, uh, to lockdown uh, back in the opening round, it kind of went down, downhill for them, and here they are. Uh, do you think they'll be motivated to try to finish off strong here, or will this spiral continue into this game against the Nez Um Well, look, the, you know, the loss to lockdown isn't great. But like I said, 
Lockdown is a team that absolutely, absolutely underachieved. Um, so they did lose to a team that, despite the fact that the game was desired, decided in sort of a strange fashion, they lost to a team that we would have thought heading into the season was better than them anyway. So um, that that shouldn't affect them so much. In the end, they've made it to a bowl game, um, and they, they've, they've got a great core, right? And it comes yeah. down to Mark Fairley. Mark Fairley, uh, in the qualification round, has not seen the same success that he saw early. He threw six touchdowns and eight interceptions, uh, and I want to say he threw like 14 and five in the, in the preliminary round. So definitely um, it, he's going to have to be what improves on at this point, right? He's going to have right. to be the one who makes the largest step in the postseason. All right, next game here, Pete Eagle. Uh, all right. That was a quick analysis on that one. So we're going to go. Uh, I was kind of hoping Mo would take it and do some analysis, but he just said not one. To be fair, I will say, Les Nine they might be the most nondescript team in the cup. I got to lie to you. The only time I ever cross paths with these guys is when they complain to me about the referees. Okay. I'll be real with you guys on them, okay? Like, it's what it is. I'm like, who are you guys? Oh, crap. Okay, cool. All well, good. And again, and, and what's, difficult, what's difficult for me, Mo, is I can't see these teams. So if, yeah. if there's no history whatsoever, I'm just looking at a box score saying, hmm. Okay. Interesting. All right. I guess right these are the things that happen in the game. Of course. All right, let's go on to the uh, Tier 3 Constellation Bracket. Speak easy against Southside Speedsters. Uh, Pete, I'll give you an example. Um, you know this team very well because you support them uh, in your college fandom. So Georgia Bulldogs, a couple years ago, played Texas in the Sugar Bowl, and mm -hmm. they skunked that game. Texas whooped their butt. Speak yep, easy. Thanks, thanks for reminding me. I appreciate no that. No problem. You're welcome. Uh, go Gators. Uh, so speak easy. Similar parallel, right? They were in position to be in a money bowl game. And they got knocked down the last day uh, to get into a money bowl game. Could this be a letdown game against Southside Speedsters, given that they were in position to be in a top four matchup? It can be as much of a letdown as it is when Florida, like once Florida stopped allowing murderers and paying for best the best talent. That's the kind of precipitous drop you have, and that's so, the kind that's of one in forty years, Pete. Some one in forty years, huh? <laughs> um, yeah. So. So, I, look, um, that's I still think Speakeasy had a lot to be proud of in the season. Southside Speedsters are interesting. I keep wanting them to be better than they are, right? So, uh, they, they've kind of existed in um, different versions of, of themselves in a sense, right? Like, we've seen this team come back season after season. Um, but... I like Ben Reed. I think I think he's largely improved. I think he had a lot to work yes. on after his first season, and he he improved tremendously. Um, and you look at some of his weapons, and you see, for example, um, you see guys like Nicholas Emmanuel Pierre. You see Olivier Claveau. These guys are going to create matchup issues for Speakeasy. Um, so. I think this might be one where, if Luspiki is not not careful, we may see uh, we may see an upset. Yeah, I, I think Reed's definitely improved from his uh, Browns, uh, Boucherville Browns days, where he was a terrible quarterback. But mind you, they were in the wrong division at that time. 
Um, they they have they got the, the the pieces in place to pull off the upset against Speakeasy. I know Speakeasy goes too, uh, too deep on their depth chart. Like they go a defense and an offense. They have like a fourteen man roster per game. Yeah, and they have they have played really well this year. Vince Akashaw has really uh, stepped up to the plate compared to years past, where he's had some up and down moments. And again, I just find right now that they could be vulnerable. That hey, they were so close. Uh, to get into the Money Bowl game. And now here they are in the uh, so loser side. Vince Richard has four pass attempts on the season. Matsu Rimez has been quarterback. Yeah, but I'm saying from his role as a player, right? In terms oh, of the, okay, sorry, sorry. Because yeah. I just I know from throwing, yeah. So you mean in his role as a receiver on the team? Yeah, exactly. Whereas a quarterback, he was up and down, you know? But I just think that it could be a really good game. It could be set up to be a really good game that comes out to five plays. But it could be one of those where Speakeasy might just pull a Georgia Bulldogs and just not show up. You mean uh, be the greatest program of all time? Uh, first, first, uh, first American public university, by the way, Georgia. Uh, yeah. Laura, Laura Phillips St. Ange, by the way, he has to be the best red zone target in this division. Um, he's just, it's something he's always done well. Uh, it just works well in space. And he had that kind of season. I'm just looking up in the qualification round. He put up five touchdowns in four games. Um, he's that kind of player for them. He's someone that they're going to have to account for. And uh, I hope that uh, Southside Speedsters have the, the discipline to stay with that. All right, lockdown, ball in 60s. Uh, the disappointment bracket uh, with these two teams here. Again, ball in 60s, they can have a letdown themselves. Lockdown, as you've been calling them out all season long, piece, uh for being division Dodgers in this yep, uh, FBF Cup. Um how disappointed should these teams be that they're in this side of the bracket as opposed to the money bracket? Um, I think ball in 60s, they ended up kind of where I expected them to. And I know they made a lot of noise, Mo, when, when you didn't give them their due. And it is what it is. Like, they're, 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 right. good. they're a fine team. They're about middle of the road, and, and they ended up there. Uh, they're playing against a team that uh, – my God, they lost game 12-2. I just remembered that. Yeah, to, um, sorry. to uh, um, uh, Trap Stars. Yeah, uh, but they're going up against a team that um, has a competent defense, who has probably the best passer uh, in the division. And I'd hope that Lockdown can muster some sort of anger about where they finished and turn that into a comparative game. Um, can I see this as a very obvious letdown from Lockdown? Absolutely. Can I see Lockdown win this game in a shootout? Absolutely. Did that provide no information to our listeners and watchers? Absolutely. Absolutely. Perfect. Uh, I think ball and 60s were hot. That that game kind of exposed their office a little bit against Trap Stars where they couldn't get more than two points. And if you can't score more than two points in an FPF game, you're in trouble. And uh, I think, uh, and like Eagle, we like to poke in prod your uh, inability to play football. But if he calls a good defense, he can make yeah. balling 60s look like falling 60s on on, uh, on next week's game. Nice. Good wordplay right there, Mokad. All uh, right. Next game. All right. Never mind. <laughs> that was Moving on. Moving on. All right. All right. Tier three, uh, because Mo asked me every time, the champion gets 200 bucks. The runner-up gets 100 bucks in this cash bracket. All right, so that's be enough for PZ's uh, time at the Peelers if he decides to go post-COVID. Uh, so the semifinals, you have Mean Girls against Trap Stars, Honey Martin against Bud Knight. So we'll start off with the Mean Girls-Trap Stars matchup here. Uh, the Stars getting through after they beat Zone 6 Ballers to get in as a four seed. In fact, I believe that 
That game ended up being a three-way tie for third, fourth, and fifth. Trap Stars, Bud Knights, and Speakeasy all having identical records. Had it been the other way, where it was only Speakeasy and Trap Stars with the same record, it would have been Trap Stars on the outside looking in. But they get the Mean Girls here, Peas. And I and look, I saw the Trap Stars yesterday. Their new nickname, their new nickname now, Peas, are the Degenerates. Okay, because I won't say why. I can't. I told them I would not tell them. I would not say why until afterwards. But all right, this but this is afterwards. The game is concluded. But after they're done for the season, so if they, okay. if they get announced, I will explain why. Well, here's the thing. Unfortunately, I think you're going to be talking about it on the next show uh, because I saw a tail end of that game because it was right before my game, and I saw just mistakes on defense. And Eagle, you know, has been praising Mean Girls and their offense and their quarterback play. And if you blow coverages against Mean Girls, it's going to be a long day for you. Um, I agree. They're, they're going to play Mean Girls. Are going to play tough, gritty defense. Uh, already, that doesn't play the trap stars. Uh, benefit, but then when they're they themselves are on defense, if they're not in position, um, then they're gonna give up scores, and that that's that's what we saw. They, I saw like you know, they, it was they played in zone six ballers last night, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I saw I saw like the one play in particular where Jeans Lee Valvenard is able to hit a guy in the back of the end zone, and the defender looked at him like he fell out of the sky. It's like it's like James Harden trying to defend a pick and roll. Like he's like, where did that guy come from? It was that kind of expression on his face. Yeah, and look, uh, I fear for Trap Stars because if Mean Girls get off and running and they they're dropping like like bombs like set like like there's no tomorrow, um, they're in trouble. Trap Stars are in trouble because they can be at this game in the first ten minutes. And my biggest concern for Trap Stars is that as much as they pride themselves on on game planning and and understanding their concepts they can ill afford to be in a trail like the Baltimore Ravens were against Kansas City uh, as Lamar Jackson couldn't get them back into that football game on Monday night. And if they're in a trail against Mean Girls, this game might be over by halftime. And we're looking probably at why they're called Degenerates on next week's episode. All right. I'm looking All forward right. to that. Mom. Okay, so Honey Martin against Bud Knights. Better trash so, talker. Okay. Lonier or a boy named Rod Jankowski? Um, I mean, anyone who's not Marc Andre Delsonier, like, there's no way he's a good trash talker. I've never been on the end of his trash talk, but I can't imagine him being particularly great at it. Um, I so what's interesting is, um, Marc Andre Delsonier has played with uh, Mark Bellini, and, and they, the two are very familiar with each other. So, uh, it's going to be the kind of mistake where guys are going to uh, make. Uh, make plays and, and guys are going to guess at what the other teams are going to try and do and um, it's going to be an interesting game the, the, the familiarity I think adds a lot of excitement in my opinion yeah both quarterbacks didn't throw uh, you know Madden like numbers of touchdowns and, and yards passing so it, it, it makes it leads me to believe that this could be one of those uh, first one to 25 wins type of football game I think they both play really good defense both smart teams. I think they've been together, this core groups for both sides for quite a while now. I think Honey Martin is primed. I know you call them false kings, Peasy, but mm -hmm. I think they're primed to like show that they are ready to take that next step. They've had their moments of glory and have had their crashes into the ground. And now here they are in a matchup against Bud Ness that could arguably be a de facto final because of how good these teams are. 
and they could have met, you know, in the next round as opposed to the semifinal that we have coming up next week. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I kind of wish this would have been the, the final uh, for this cash bracket, but look, it, the chips fell where they were, and um, you know, they either one who wins this game will be favored over either Mean Girls or Trap Stars. But I think that both teams are fallible in a sense because uh, because to your point, like they don't put teams away; they both let the other team stick around, and that would eventually bite them. More more false kings. Yeah. Would it be Honey Martin or Mean Girls if they met in the finals? Um. So I don't think either one's a false king in this season because again, Honey Martin is like locked down, playing in the wrong division. They know they cheat the system and they're getting away with it. Um. And then Mean Girls, uh, their improvement, it's up there with. Whoever I said was the most improved team in FPF. Oh, sweat and beers. Like, it's that kind of improvement where just from about this time last year, if not winter season, uh, that came right after, they they improved so quickly. And it, it literally just took finding someone who knew uh, how to execute the quarterback position. And that's all it took. So um, I actually i am pretty high on both of these teams but like I'm I'm happy to be high on Mean Girls, but Honey Martin, they're just a disappointment. Right. Perfect. Because uh, doing the wrong division. I know. Keynote Trap Stars, they're going to be thin of a roster. Uh one of their guys is out from what I was told. Uh it is I don't know, should I mention it now because he's, he's not gonna play, or should I wait till after the season's done? I would, say, I would say wait because the IR stuff needs to come in and then there's replacements and all that other yeah. stuff. So. Yeah, they're, they're going to be thin. They're going to be thin uh, for their game next week. But look, if there's going to be one guy, just go back to the Mingo game, Kyle Oberfeld is the guy to watch out for. That's the guy to watch out for. Uh, yeah, for I agree. I agree. He's awesome. He's going to be the guy. All right, next. All right. We have the co-ed Paula Pierre Bowl. The winner of this one gets, I think it's 200 bucks. Uh, I can check it again. Yeah, but I was 200 bucks. 200 bucks. Ryan Dobbs Gardner was not happy about the uh, minimal uh, victory of how much money would come their way if they won. Well, if he look, if he wants to play some bets with with me and Umo, he can really up the ante. We'll see what Vegas has to offer uh, for this. Okay, so Fighting Tigers, the Semicolcon, the Fighting Seth Galinas. Now they've had trouble with this team. They lost them. They're only lost during the opening round, and in fact, the Semicolcon had a had a lead against the Funny Galenas in Laval, and they end up losing by a score. So this might be a, a, a trickier endeavor for the Funny Galenas going up against a pretty good Semi-Crocon roster. Um, so I want to believe in Semi-Crocon. They're the team I want to win this championship. I'm just, I'm a fan. I like what they do. Um, and they're sort of like a medium power, right? Like they're not the best team in the division. They don't have the uh, most obvious... Uh, top end talent, uh, like 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 some of the other teams in this division, but they're just a good all around team. Maria yeah. Girard turned the ball over too many times. That's affected her in um, the qualification round. Right. It's going to have to be a perfect game for her. Um, Fighting Tigers just have a lot of talent. Like Seth Galina is not having to do too much, right? Like he just has to not make a bad decision. And then his players go get the ball for him and then make people miss or get wide open and he just gets to hit them. 
He's just like, see the is he like Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, less attractive, yeah. Oh no, I think I think Seth is a you know uh, Jimmy G. He's no Jimmy G. Jimmy G is just straight sex. Well, if you if you look at Stephen A. Smith, he calls him porn star Jimmy. Yeah, there you go. You know, nobody right. calls Seth Galina porn, porn star Seth. Oh, there's a reason why he calls him that, right? I mean, he dated a porn star. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think, look, for, for the fighting Galinas, they're only, the only way that they lose this football game is if they have a lot of unforced errors that they create. Yeah. And if they, if they create mistakes by themselves, then I can say, hey, you know what? This is, this, they're in trouble. Because in reality, Pease, they really haven't had a game of consequence and uh, up until maybe two weeks ago when they played Kiss My End Zone twice. And that went down to pretty much them getting the number one seed and Kiss My End Zone, who we'll talk about now, playing Yin and Yang. And Kiss My End Zone, Pease, they are sliding. They've lost four in the last five. And they've given up an aggregate of 65 to 24 in points for and against against Ying and Yang in their last two meetings. And here they are meeting up again next week in the uh, third round of this one-on-one battle here. Are you worried about Kiss My End Zone? So it's not so much I'm worried about Kiss My End Zone as I'm worried about Josh Vasquez. Um, it really depends which Josh Vasquez shows up, right? Like we talked about on last week's show. If he... If he is the best version of him, um, then this team should just steamroll to victory, and we'll see them in the finals, right? Like, so they have Jalen Greaves, uh, Vlad Pierre, Jamil Springer. Um, the team is just stacked, like top to bottom. Um, Alex Dubois. And so just on him to use this, like, if he doesn't try to do too much, this should be an easy win for him. But I can see a scenario where instead of it being like you know, uh, a 36 to seven game, it ends up being 24 to 20 and they're on the wrong side of it. Yeah. I, I just think kiss my end zone has a lot of explosive personalities. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not too sure if, if they, if like Alexis Dubois, Dubois, for example, and, and Erica Dubois. Yeah. If they, or Erica Dubois is a better Dubois anyway. I still very, don't know. Very explosive personalities. Exactly. I just don't know if they figured out how to kind of, you know, not pull a Doc Rivers, but try to manage the personalities. Because, look, they have talent on that roster, but they just kind of blow up the wrong time and just lose focus. And I think for Yin and Yang, this is not a good matchup because Yin and Yang can trash talk with the best of them. But guess what? They got talent on both sides. They're, Emma Racine's probably the best female player in this league for the co ed division. But most importantly, though, they have figured out a, a, a karma that's gone in their way in terms of the quarterback play. I think Justin Weir stepped up big time. I think Peacock's played very well. No one stopped Ryan Dobbs at all this season in the second half of the year. So they got a lot of momentum coming into this game piece. And it'll be very tough for Kiss My End Zone to kind of suspend that and probably pull off the upset. And Yin Yang hasn't lost the game um, since week two. Yeah. They're good. That's- they really improved. They've, they've been sort of under the radar in a sense because I think just because they started so poorly and, like, um, they just weren't sort of the storyline for once. Um, right. And now I think this is an opportunity to sort of claim back claim back that um, that reverence in a sense. Right, right. And I, I think when Gino DeFazio went MIA for two weeks, three weeks, 
that's when they kind of grew yin and yang. They kind of got better. They they they, they kind of had to say, okay, we got to kind of fend for ourselves as a crew. And that's when they started to turn the corner. Whereas Kiss My End Zone, uh, they've been kind of going in a straight line, if not going towards uh, below the Mendoza line. For those that's, who know that's that. Some, that's some top-level shade. Mo. That's like the level of shade matches the, the plastic-covered lampshade that you got behind you. Does it, that's does it the level of shade you saw in yin and yang. Does that Sorry? Match- does, does that match Alexis Dubois' orange sweater? It might. It might. It might. Anyway, I, I look. I if there's out of these two semifinal co-ed games, Yin Yang versus Kiss My End Zone is one I I cannot wait to watch because it is going to be a lot of trash talking, and there is no love lost with these two teams. The history with Junior Defazio and some of the guys on the opposite side of the football is definitely evident, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot on the line here. Uh, in terms of the bragging rights of saying we won up to you, whoever wins this football game next week. So Absolutely. we'll find out. All right, it is now time for Games of the Week. Because we can still do that. There's still games, yeah. and it's still a week. Yes. So let's start, with, uh, let's start with Tier 1 here. Oh, God damn it. I'm bad at this today, apparently. No. So did you not see it coming? Like No, I uh, did. It's just I have to click on stuff, right? All right, so let's start well, Tier 1. Uh, Brav Vara versus Urgence Medzik. I'm going uh, Team Green. Team Team Green as well. All right. KGP Consequence. I, I gave my analysis in the washroom for those who didn't hear it. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll do I'm it. Sure, Mama Khan's happy. She heard the yeah. echoes. Yeah, she did for sure. Uh, I'm going with my namesake, Consequence. I am also going to Consequence. All right. Brave Noir Terror Squad. Brave Noir for me. Yeah, Bravno for me as well. And BYOB... Sorry? You sure Mo, not Terror Squad? No, no, I'm good. Okay. Uh, BYOB, Sweat and Beers. Give me your... Okay. Tier 2, Half a Stars, Outlaws. Man, I like to see Kevin Kasai. Oh, man. I'm going Half a Stars to win this football game, but I just want to see Kevin Kasai get stressed out. That's all I care about. Well, you just need to see him then. At any time. <laughs> yeah, trust me. Oh, he's amazing when he's stressed out. <laughs> Next. All right. Tough lungs, pardon my swag. PMS. Yeah, PMS. Uh, pepperoni boys, easy W. Easy W. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to pick against you guys again, but I'm going to do it. Give me easy W. Uh, Pep boys. Techfaf, short horns, LGC. LGC for me. Yeah, this is, this is like one of those. It's like uh, in college football, the triple uh, triple option, like you know, Army or Georgia Tech used to run against like a high powered offense. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take Shorthorns, but this is gonna go into overtime. Okay. OT. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, Les Centaur Mangoose. Ah. Uh, I'm going Mangoose. Give me Mangoose, but I don't like it. Yeah, this right. might be tricky. And Warriors Bruins. Warriors. Uh, I'm going to go worse for this one as well, please. All right. Tier three. Mean Girls, Trap Stars. MG. Yeah, Mean Girls. Even though Trap Stars, like, every time you pick against us, we win. I go, well, not this week, pal. You're not going to win this one. Yeah. Honey Martin, Bud Knights. I want to I wanna pull for my boy Mad. So, you know what? I think Bud Knights. I think Bud Knights. I think, I think uh, the FPF gods will punish... Uh, the, the karmically deviant teams in this tournament, being, one of them being Honey Martin. Uh, so because I'm mad at them, give me Bud, Bud Knights. I, I'm convinced analysis. it was 
I'm convinced it was if it was Honey Martin versus Honey Martin, you still pick Bunnice to win the Honey Martin. Yep, 100%. 100%. Uh, I give Honey Martin win this football game. All right, lockdown ball in sixties. Lockdown. Unfortunately, lockdown. your karma is coming later. Yeah. Rainmakers, Toon Squad. Rainmakers. Rainmakers. Le Speak Easy, Triple S. Speak Easy. Triple S. And Triple P, LNJ. Triple P. Triple P for me as well. Last two games, co-ed, yin and yang, kiss my end zone. Kiss my end zone. Yin and yang. Nice. Okay. Cool. And last game, fighting tigers, uh, semi-croquin. Fighting galenas. I want to pick some so bad, but I'm, I'm going to go with Fighting Tigers. Is Mo still terrible at picks? Yes, he's still really bad. What's now? Uh, let me go check the exact numbers. <laughs> it's it's bad, as you would expect. Uh, yeah, as see. So, results right now, Mo, after all the weeks. You are, yeah, because the weird, like the last week is kind of weird. So you're 99 and 58 at 63%. You're still in last. It's still a good number. Yeah, I mean, but as compared to the others, though, it's a right? bad number. What's, I mean, what, okay. What, what, what's um, uh, what's Alexi Dubois' uh, percentage right now? Uh, Alexi, that's 63.8. Okay, what's his record? You got He's 97.55. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy, percentage points. Oh my you got, god. You got smoked, Mo. What is it? What is it? He okay. crushed you. He crushed okay, you. Okay, so just to go over again. Uh, so, Eagle, for, to, to remind the captains, Friday, you must submit a, a prelim roster of guys that could be opting out here. Eagle, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And then Sunday, you must finalize the roster before we have our first playoff game on Monday, correct? That seems to be the dates we're going with. Like I said, more details will come out tomorrow morning when we finalize some of the little rules here. Right, so please, and then also a reminder to all the teams, do not bring fans to Laval and Brossard. And don't forget, we go Monday Laval, Tuesday, Wednesday Brossard. No fans uh, until further notice. And Robert Capanna will send out an email. Is that correct, Eagle, to the team captains? Captains will get an email, and then we're going to post it on a wall, group, page, website, and everywhere else. All right, perfect. Twitter, so Instagram. Uh, Mo, if you want to get followed, it's at MoCon19. Uh, if you want to get followed, it's PZFPF. If you want to follow me, no thank you. I don't like people walking behind me at night. Okay, perfect. I learned that uh, the hard way. Anything else we got to wrap up, boys, before we uh, say sayonara to the uh, FPF crew? I know it's been a unique situation because we're in red, and that's very important that we must abide by rules and keep that clean. And, uh, you know, once again, Mo, you've just done a great <laughs> job. Uh, I think I, I don't think I mentioned it before, but I really need to congratulate you on uh, really pulling together and, and helping the FPF community. Uh, so really, I think on behalf of anyone who's ever played FPF, anyone who's ever considered flag football, anyone who's ever waved a flag, I would say of anyone who's ever been near a flag of any sort, you're the greatest man of them all. I'm the greatest man of them all. So, And we'll also have a protocol for those who have not played in Laval or Brossard, what is required of the teams uh, that will play Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Uh, and the email that will be sent out tomorrow from the FPF world. Okay, anything else, Eagle? Uh, that's about it from all of us here at the Weekly Extra Point Live. Good night, Miami Heat. We're done. Will Power's coming after you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is there anyone less menacing than Will Power? <laughs> Will Power. <laughs>